0: Welcome to StoryWell, a podcast that shares my written work. My name is Joselito Cordero, and I'm excited to share my stories with you. Hello, today I'll be reading a short story I wrote in 1991 when I was taking a creative writing class in community college. My teacher was Lori Doosing. I didn't have a title to this short story. I'll just call it "Story 91." I will begin reading the untitled short story, which I will call "Story 91." It was also stupid. One of those kinds of things that sends a person's head whirling half-cocked into some deep philosophical thinking. You know what I mean. The questions that pop into your head that you knew were there before, but you just never wanted to bring up. I wanted to tell Guppy. Guppy's a friend. Weird name, huh? I'm not saying she would've believed, but at least she wouldn't have laughed. I like her in that sense because she's a real pro when it came to those things. In the privacy of her own head, she probably would have said, you're full of shit, or stop being an ass. But on the outside, she hides it. She wants to act sincere. I guess it's because she needs every friend she's got. But don't assume that Guppy lacks friends. Hell, far from it, she's quite adaptable. One of those people who you know will never have a rainy day. The name? Her real name's Agnes. I call her Guppy because she's got a real affinity with water. She even taught me how to swim. Taught me how to dive too. She's got this gargantuan pool in her backyard. When she's feeling nice, she even invites me over for a dip. There I am, leading you astray. When I said nice, I didn't mean to imply she's some overbearing whore. No, but she ain't a nun, either. Not with her looks, anyway. I'm not gonna hide anything by saying she's pretty. Hell, if I saw her for the first time, I'd think she was a damn goddess. I think it's the exposure to all those brothers that made her boyish. In a family consisting of five hardy siblings, she was one of two sisters. And her other sister was but a baby. So she didn't have a choice but to be strong, like her brothers. Summer was reaching its waning peak when all this madness happened. I received the phone call from Kane. I know, I know. That name just sends shivers down one's spine. Why in all the universe would loving parents want to name their only son Kane? Who knows? Maybe... Maybe they're atheists. Anyways, Kane sounded real excited. He wasn't like that before. Two months of summer had gone by, and I think he was just beginning to realize that there would be no more high school crap. We had just graduated. So there he was on the phone, muttering to me about going out with the gang. Where? I said. I don't know. He said. Dennis just said something about a beach. It's six o'clock now, I said. And Dennis wants to go to a beach? Very cold. Kane was stubborn, if not persistent. We could be going to Siberia in tank tops and he wouldn't think twice. He's an only child. I think he lacks social bonding. It's not going to be cold in the beach, he said. The sand's really warm. I decided to give in. Who's gonna be there? He said, the usual, Dennis, me, you, Charlie, Sarah, Agnes. Something popped into my head. Guppy's going, I said. Kane's laugh came loud and clear on the phone. Yeah, she'll be there, he said. Okay, I said, I'll be over there in 30 minutes. Bye, later, and he hung up. I had to walk to Kane's house. I didn't have a car yet. It wasn't that bad because he just lived four blocks away. He was sitting on his front porch when I got there. He was sporting his new Wayfarer shades. He had a teethy grin. Am I GQ, he asked. Gorgeous, man, I muttered. You could make me convert. Man, you're sick, he said. And we began to prepare we loaded ourselves in the jeep and headed for the beach on the way i imagined guppy wearing a bikini it was then that i told kane to speed it up we got there and parked the actual sand and surf was about a five minute walk down some cobble steps there was a red volkswagen already parked beside it was a white scooter they were here Because it was still summer, the sun was still awake at this time. It blazed, more of a sideshow than a real threat to a sunburn. Already it was preparing to set. Sitting in a circle on the sand was Charlie, Sarah, Dennis, and this other girl. I didn't know her, but Dennis obviously did. He lay on his stomach while she gently massaged him. I quickly looked at Sarah. Her face was white, expressing hidden fury. Had they broken up? I didn't linger too long for an answer. Guppy wasn't there and I wanted to find her. Hey guys, I said, jogging, dropping my things before them. Where's Guppy? Dennis looked up. Tom, hey, Guppy's tackling the waves, he said. Wait, don't go. I have to introduce you to. And both of them were on their feet. I let out a tiny breath. The girl was beautiful. Reminded me of a model. Tall, thin, and tan. Very tan. And Hazel eyes blinked dangerously. Tom, this is Megan. Megan, Autumn. Dennis proudly said. Megan extended a delicate hand. I accepted the handshake. Handshake. Hi, I said slowly. Silence. Nobody else even looked up. Suddenly, I really had to find Guppy. All right, gotta find Guppy, I said, and I left them. It didn't take too long to, to find her. She was the only one trying to swim headlong into the waves. The setting sun's rays melted in a kaleidoscope view into the ocean. Breathtaking, the foam from the tide sparked like newly opened vintage wine. I sat on the dry sand waiting for Guppy. After a few more minutes of swimming, she headed back to shore. Her hair clung long and straight over her back. She couldn't compare to Megan Autumn, but that didn't matter. Megan Autumn was a lofty, common beauty. The kind of thing sailors fantasize about on those long, lonely sea ventures. When, no, when one thought about a Megan Autumn, one didn't think they would, could ever come into contact with her. She wasn't real. But Guppy was. She was tangible and, a, and someone a person can come home to. Hey, you awake? Guppy said, waving a hand before me. The sunset had kept my mind distracted. I turned to Guppy and smiled. Hey, what's up with Dennis? I asked. Guppy's eyes rolled. Oh, that. Come on, let's take a walk. And we walked side by side. I really wanted to hold her hand at that moment. So, when did it happen? I asked. You know those two, Guppy said. They've got a real problem with breaking up. Dennis just continues to be the bastard. How did Megan get into all of this? I asked. Well, from what I heard, he had met her at one of those modeling shows. At the time, he and Sarah weren't on very good terms. I it guess it's just the usual jealousy ploy, she said. Oh, I don't know. I said, he looks like he wants to make this new relationship work. Guppy grinned. I had said that on purpose just to make her smile. Her eyes squinted that sort of way that made me feel good. Yeah, right. Come on, they're probably waiting for us, she said. Jesus, I said, I don't want to go there. I'm not going to be in the middle of a damn junior high love triangle. Come on, Guppy said, grabbing my arm. And I followed her to the rest of the group, who were all preparing to make a barbecue. So, Gup, how were the waves? That was Charlie, good honest Charlie. He was shoveling some charcoal into the metal barbecue tray. Guppy grabbed the towel from her bag and wrapped it around her neck. Cool, amigo. Real cool, she said in her best Spanish accent imitation, which was horrible. I saw Kane. He was laying on his back with a magazine over his head. I sat beside him and lifted the periodical. Hey, why aren't you helping, I said with mock authority. Kane's Kane's eyes didn't open. Go to hell, Tom, he said, and say hi to that guy in red tights for me. I rolled the magazine and slapped his face with it. Silly blasphemous fool, I said. Do you realize that hell's not some sort of resort you could walk into? The manager in charge isn't a nice guy. Who can blame him? His air conditioner never works there. The whole group went into sarcastic ha-has at my lame attempt at a joke. Sarah came behind me and wrapped an arm over my shoulder. A wind blew and I felt some of her crayon yellow hair creep into my mouth. What you been up to, Tomcat? You haven't called for a while, Sarah said. Kane suddenly suddenly sat up. Hey, what about me? I call. Sarah was less than thrilled. Go back to sleep, Kane. You murdered your own brother. I was framed, I was framed, Kane said. The group laughed, all except Dennis and Megan. Dennis and Megan were sitting a bit off from the rest of us. They were looking at each other in a secretive sort of way, the kind of gaze that distinguished them as lovers. From the corner of my eye, I noticed Sarah staring at the two. Then she turned her head to my direction. Sarah gave me the smile that seemed to be hinting a desperate hope. Did you bring a frisbee? Sarah asked, her eyes lighting up anxiously. Kane sat up again. I did! Momentarily, Sarah's eyes flashed. Let's let's play then, before it gets too dark, she said. And we were off, leaving Charlie to the barbecue and Megan and Dennis to themselves. Through it all, Sarah seemed wild and carefree. She was getting the frisbee the majority of the time. She was great at catching, but her throws were abominable. Yet, when one's having fun, one doesn't question or critique one's athletic ability. I had finally gotten the frisbee. I could see Sarah's form far in the distance, waving her arms frantically, her voice mixing with the waves. Tom! Tom! Here! Over here! Sarah said. And I threw. It didn't soar. I intended my throw to be a fast aerodynamic disc, cutting wind. It it bulleted towards Sarah. Sarah was standing still, her arms dangled limp at her sides. The frisbee was coming straight for her. Apparently, she was waiting at the last moment to catch it. Thump! The frisbee barreled onto her head. She fell back a bit in a seeming shock. We all ran to her. Guppy helped her up. You okay? Jeez, that must have hurt. Up, he said. Sarah's head was down, looking at the sand as she got up. Her fingers rubbed her forehead. No, I'm okay. The sun was just in my eyes. It was hard to see, Sarah said softly. I couldn't help noticing that the sun was facing her back. Hey, I'm starved. Let's eat. And Sarah was gone. I turned to watch her go. She walked in a sort of dazed, tired way. My eyes wandered and I noticed Dennis and Megan gone. I looked up and saw them sitting high on a cliff above our camp. From where I was, it looked like Dennis was whispering something to her. Of what I didn't care or give a damn. That wasn't any of my business. Charlie gave each of us a paper plate. On each plate he placed a piece of sizzling hamburger. Kane wanted more than one piece. With a bare hand, he attempted to grab another piece from the grill. The result was quite excruciating. You stupid pig, Charlie yelled, grabbing Kane's hand. He looked over Kane's hand and shook his head. Then he released Kane's hand and gave him a plastic pork. You're stupid, Charlie began. The next time you want a piece, use this, unless you want to be eating your own cooked fingers. Kane slipped his singed fingers in his mouth. Sorry, he muttered, mouthful. We all sat down, in a circle, each of us squatting with the plate sitting on our legs. We all ate in silence, except Charlie. He kept looking up high above at the cliff looming behind us. He looked uncomfortable. You think they're hungry? Charlie asked. Silence, the only sounds were chewing. Charlie grinned weakly and got up to his feet. Well, I better leave them some pieces. They may want some later, Charlie said. We all ate the whole time, neither of us saying another word. In the whole time that it took for us to finish the meal, I noticed that Sarah's head never looked up from her plate. It was a gorgeous moon, full and round, and the sky was cloudless and black, an inky color where the stars were shining bright like little Christmas lights. The beach was wonderfully warm and pleasant. The tents were set. All of them, except me, had brought their own. Nobody told me this was gonna going be a sleepover. Don't be an ass, Kane told me. I got ruined my tent and an extra sleeping bag. You can stay here, stay here with us. You don't have to go home to mommy. The rest of the group were playing volleyball. The night gave adequate lighting. Hey, what, time, what team am I on? I, I said. Guppy grabbed me. You're on my team. And it was set. On my team was Guppy, Charlie, and Sarah. The other, the other team was Dennis, Kane, and Megan. Fair teams. Sarah was our optional player. She said she just wanted to watch. The result was embarrassing. Nobody told any of us that Megan was on the varsity volleyball team at her college. It was that kind of game where you know who won, but not by what score, because you didn't keep score. It was, this was all for fun. After, Dennis looked for nature's restroom, leaving all of us alone with Megan. Everything was still. Charlie began hobbling weakly toward his tent. All right, good night, guys. I'm really tired, he said. Kane followed. Hey, Charlie, I got to show you something real awesome, he said. I shook my head cowards guppy turned to me hey you haven't touched the water all day let's go guppy said but i began in a whisper hinting towards sarah guppy tugged at my arm come on let's go and we left i didn't look back something told me not to as we walked i held guppy's hand tight i really needed to The waves were spectacular. Every pore of my body seemed to scream with alert vigor as I charged into the rushing tide. We swam and swam. And as as I plunged into every wave, I began to understand why Guppy loved this so much. A freedom, a sort of flight that doesn't involve ever leaving the ground. It was as if all of this, these awesome gifts were built for us alone, for Guppy and me, and nothing or no one could ever steal from us this wonderful present, from nature. I was extremely exhausted after my swim. When we returned to camp, we noticed that everyone else was asleep. I crawled into Kane's tent. He had already prepared my bed. Gratified, I fell face flat on the tender blanket. A weird kind of calm and peace settled over me, and I fell asleep. I don't know how long I was sleeping, but it seemed very short. You know, like those times when you close your eyes and fall asleep just for what seems like a second. You open your eyes thinking that you never fell asleep, but really, several hours had already passed. That's how I felt. I crawled out of my tent slowly. The moon was no longer what it was. Instead, it was higher up to the sky. It was no longer warm. A chilly breeze blew. I went back inside my tent and groped among my things until I I felt my sweater. I grabbed it and went out to the cold beach. I wasn't sleepy anymore. My senses seemed alert and active. The ocean sounds were pleasing to my ears. I headed for the tide. I walked along the sand further and further from our camp. Soon I got to some rocks. The waves did not lull passively here, but bashed and dashed in loud chaos, battering onto the rocks. This was not a safe place to sit alone. I decided to watch the awful majesty from a distance. There came a shrieking. At first I had mistaken it for seagulls, but it sounded more like laughing. The sound came from above. I looked up and saw some vague dark figures on a bluff. I decided I would go up there. I found some wooden stairs leading up to the top. I had to walk up slowly because many of the stairs creak, steps creaked. It made me nervous. A lot of them, the steps were even missing. My guess was that these stairs were probably used a long time ago when people first started coming to this beach and stopped using these steps. I reached the top. I could hear voices behind an enormous boulder. I crept to the boulder. Damn, don't drink it all up. I haven't had a sip. That was Sarah's voice. My head peeped over the boulder and I saw her figure, sitting with her back leaning on the boulder. Beside her sat Megan. For some reason, I didn't want them to know I was listening to them. Good stuff. This is fantastic. Megan was drinking something. Maybe wine? I could tell from the smell and her giddy yelps of laughter. I saw her give Sarah the bottle. Sarah devoured the final remains of the drink in one smooth stroke. When she finished, she hurled the bottle over the ledge. There it goes! And they both cackled uncontrollably. I decided to leave them alone. It was probably what they needed. I resumed to walk back slowly down the stairs. I reached the bottom. The crashing sea still entranced me and I decided to watch. I sat on the dry sand watching it all. I don't know how many minutes passed, but I began to feel sleepy once more. I lay back on my hands crossed behind my head. The jet sky was above me and I closed my eyes. I would have fallen asleep if it wasn't for the sound. It was the shriek I had first heard when I came here. I dismissed it momentarily, thinking that Sarah and Megan were up to some more female bonding above me. Then another sound, a sort of heavy noise, like a sack of potatoes dropping. I didn't think much on it, believing it to be a natural part of the breaking waves. I closed my eyes again. Uh, I suddenly felt the biting iciness fill me, filled me. I couldn't move. I was paralyzed. I didn't want to open my eyes and look behind me. That voice. Uh... The voice. I forced my eyes open and turned to look. My chest was screaming and my heart was racing. Suddenly, I didn't feel alone. A hot wetness soaked through my back and my sweater. I didn't want to see this. Please, God. I don't want to see. Uh... A large bump was a few feet away. I could see it through the darkness, its shape. A large dark bump that didn't look like a rock. A shape that was not part of the beach's way. Oh God. I whispered. Shaking off my throbbing limbs, I got up on my knees and crawled towards the large bump. The shape. Oh Jesus. I whim- I whimpered. My hands took the Long curly pieces of hair. A wind blew, scattering the locks over my over the face. Eyes that once gazed precious, breathing passion stared back like glass marbles. Her mouth was open, as if to utter that last cry before oblivion. A moist stream trickled over my cheek. Her body was bent, sort of funny. We aren't built for the position she displayed. Something moved behind me. I turned startled. It was Sarah, who stood stiff. I couldn't see her face in the darkness, but I knew it was Sarah. She was really drunk, Sarah said. I didn't listen to the rest. I bolted past Sarah, heading for camp. Jesus, what the hell? It was Guppy. I had run into her tent. I had run into her tent. I was on my knees with head buried in my arms. Guppy was frantic. Tom, what's the matter? What happened? What happened? I looked at her. I was blubbering like an idiot. My mind felt really hazy and I couldn't think straight. This was scaring Guppy. Tom, tell me what's wrong. Tom! I didn't. I couldn't. I only grabbed Guppy and wrapped myself tightly around her, letting my head nestle on her soft shoulder, and I didn't want to let go. I was a boat, and I needed her. My anchor, my last foothold of salvation in a savage universe of stormy seas. That was two years ago. Everyone believes Sarah. Me? I don't know what to believe. All I know is I've got to tell Guppy. And I don't care if she doesn't believe. I've got to tell somebody. These nightmares keep coming every night. They're killing me. I'm sick and tired of having to change the wet sheets every time I wake up. The end.